0: Thanks for listening to Matt McLaughlin History. Become a subscriber to receive exclusive bonus episodes, ad-free listening, early access to all episodes, and special member-only events. Click on the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash mmhistory.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Living History. I'm coming to you from the site of the Kara breakout in the town of Kaura in New South Wales. And this was, well, what I call the only land battle in Australia during the Second World War, because it was a prison breakout. 1,100 Japanese prisoners broke out of their POW camp in Kaura. But this was not like the great escape made famous in in germany this was this was not about freedom this was not about men wanting to break out of their prison camp and and set themselves free this was about violence this was about battle and these 1100 japanese wanted to attack the guards that were keeping them in this prison camp and kill as many australians as they could and hopefully die in the, in the effort. And that's exactly what happened. 1,100 Japanese broke out and 235 of those Japanese were killed and five Australians were killed in that breakout as well. And it was really a terribly violent chapter of Australia's World War Two history that we just don't know very much about. And this weekend that I'm here marks the 75th anniversary of the breakout and there's a lot of ceremonies, a lot of commemorations for that event. But Look out in the coming weeks for a very special episode of the podcast we're going to do where we're going to, to cover the breakout in, in detail. And I've had the privilege of interviewing a lot of people about the Kara breakout over this weekend that I've been here, including one of the Japanese survivors. He's, he's 98 and he managed to survive the breakout, survive the Second World War and then survive the Kara breakout. And just extraordinary that he's back here for absolutely the last time. So look out in the coming weeks, for that very special episode of the podcast. But I just wanted to Say hello and give you a heads up because at the moment I'm strolling through the remains of the prison camp. I'm surrounded by the foundations of old buildings in the in the camp. I'm at the moment I'm I'm walking down the main thoroughfare called Broadway through the camp and this is where the killing occurred. It's it's always fascinating to walk a battlefield or to walk ground where so many people died in so many violent ways. Just off to my left is the scene where two Australians, privates, Hardy and Jones manned a Vickers machine gun and mowed down dozens of Japanese before being overwhelmed and and killed by the Japanese, and they were both awarded the George Cross for their heroism in trying to defend the camp, and the ground that I'm walking on now is the scene where hundreds and hundreds of Japanese were shot down as they tried to escape, and also very near to where several other Australians were killed by the Japanese, overwhelmed and beaten and stabbed to death. So there's there's always something very special about standing not just on these scenes of great history but these scenes of great violence. There is there is something that hangs in the air every time you visit a place like this and it is a very special place. I'd recommend if you're if you're in New South Wales or you're travelling to New South Wales, come out here. It's five hours west of Sydney and it's quite remarkable. There's the campsite, there's a beautiful Japanese garden dedicated to peace which stands in stark contrast to the dry landscape of, of, the, of the central west countryside. And there's an amazing war cemetery that contains not just the men killed in the breakout, but every Japanese national who was killed in Australia during the Second World War. So five or six hundred people are buried there. So I recommend you come out to it's a It's an interesting story. It's a story we don't know enough about. And it's a story that hopefully this 75th anniversary will shed new light on, And I encourage all Australians to learn more about it. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hello again. This is part two of my adventures in Cowra because today is the 75th anniversary of the Cowra Breakout. And I wanted to just to share with you what an extraordinary couple of days I've had here in Cowra. You should definitely come out here if you're in New South Wales. It's just the people are so welcoming and the history is just absolutely wonderful. And this is a really important chapter of our World War II story that we should know more about so over the last couple of days, I've had the opportunity to meet some extraordinary people and participate in some really lovely commemorative events. And so yesterday, I met with a couple of really interesting people, including uh, Mr. Yura and Professor Yura, who was the designer of the Japanese cemetery here in Kara, the War Cemetery. And the cemetery came about because the 234 Japanese men who were killed in the breakout, 231 killed in the breakout, and then three later dying of their wounds. They were interred in the in a special plot at the Kaura Civilian Cemetery. And next to them, a, a plot was made for Australian soldiers, both the, the men that had been killed in the breakout, the four men that were killed immediately during the breakout, and also other soldiers who'd been killed in the training camp nearby. So these were men that were killed, died from disease or were killed in accidents. And so I had a wonderful meeting with Professor Yura and he showed me original documents he had from the 1960s where he designed the cemetery. And in the 1960s the Australian government in consultation with Japan decided that every Japanese person who'd been killed in the war would be brought together in a brand new cemetery in Kaura. And that was the cemetery that Professor Yura created. And so he had the original plans, he had the original sketches he'd done, and the cemetery reflects fairly well his his ambitions for that space and and what he wanted to achieve, and uh, which is not always the case. Uh, often the uh, the gap between the vision of an architect and the end product is quite large. But in this case, the cemetery fairly accurately reflects what he wanted to do, uh, and it is really a lovely place for peace and contemplation. So it was a real delight to meet with him. And then in the afternoon, a real highlight for me. I met. Mr. Murakami, and Mr. Murakami was, had served during the Second World War as a private in the Japanese army, and he was captured by the Americans in New Britain and then interred in Kaura. He was one of the prisoners in Kaura. He came to the camp in mid-1944, not long before the breakout, uh, and he participated in the Kara in the breakout, and he was one of the group of men that charged into Broadway, the big central zone in the middle of the camp, and they came under withering fire from Australians at both ends of that long, that long roadway. And hundreds of men, well, not hundreds, but dozens of men were killed in Broadway. And Mr. Murakama was one of the ones who... Uh one
1: size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: went to ground, He there was a drainage ditch down each side, he hit the drainage ditch and he along with hundreds of his comrades sheltered from the from the murderous fire that was coming from the Australians and that's where he spent the rest of the evening, he stayed there until daybreak and at daybreak the Australian guards came and rounded up all the Japanese survivors and he was convinced he'd be executed for having participated in the breakout but instead he said much to his surprise they put him to work cleaning the camp up and so, uh, so he cleaned the camp up and he was a man of few words, he's, he's now 98 and a lovely man uh, he was a man of few words but just his words that he had to say about the breakout were really quite extraordinary and so in the upcoming podcast you'll hear from from uh, Mr Murakami about his experiences during the breakout and his experiences in the Imperial Japanese Army so just a real honour it's always an honour to meet a World War II veteran in any circumstances but to meet a Japanese veteran in Kaura who had participated in the Kara breakout was absolutely extraordinary and so I'm sure Mr. Murakami's words will be the highlight of that podcast I'll be putting together over the coming weeks on the story of the Kara Breakout. And then yesterday evening, so this was the evening before the Kara Breakout anniversary, we went to the campsite. We actually walked from the beautiful Japanese gardens in Kara. We walked a couple of kilometres out to the site of the POW camp and there were all children there, dozens of children carrying lanterns, and we walked out just as the sun was setting. And then we had a beautiful sunset, service out at the camp when people stood up and shared their memories and school children spoke about, they read quotes from people who'd been there during the war and we had some, um, some choir, a choir sang a couple of numbers, we had a Japanese opera singer and she sang a beautiful uh, a rendition of a Japanese song which was just heart-wrenching, this, this this painful melody but it was so beautiful at the same time and just, just sitting there on the gentle slope looking out across the ruins of the POW camp as the sun set with the, all these people who'd come together. It was really quite remarkable. And then they lit a big bonfire, and then we all reassembled at 1.50am. We came back to commemorate the moment the breakout began. The breakout was scheduled to begin at 2am, but a Japanese prisoner lost his nerve, ran towards the Australians and to try and warn them. And so the Japanese launched the attack 10 minutes early at 1.50am. The battle began, the breakout at Kara began. And so at 1.50am, 75 years later, we assembled at the campsite and they fired two shots. The uh, the son of the man who'd fired the original two warning shots on the night of the breakout fired two shots into the air and three flares went up as had happened when the breakout occurred. And it was just a really special moment to be there and uh, the, these great links with history. It's so important that we create links with history. History doesn't belong in the past. It belongs to us now. And... Just so important that we create these links to history wherever we can, and this was a really special one. There's a replica of a guard tower there, and it was all lit up. One of the original spotlights from the Cowra camp was turned on, and just a really special moment. We're out there for maybe half an hour or 40 minutes, just just commemorating that moment when the when the breakout began. Fast forward to this morning, and I was fortunate to be invited to a breakfast where there were a number of interesting people there, including the Deputy Prime Minister and including Dr Brendan Nelson from the Australian War Memorial. Um, and a number of very interesting people. And uh, it was a good opportunity just to catch up with some of the VIPs that were in town and to hear that Cowra has not lost its significance for the people of Australia. It was great to see important people like that coming to Cowra to help commemorate this important anniversary. And then we had three um, very important services that uh, to commemorate the 75th anniversary, which took place 75 years to the, to the day since the breakout occurred. So wreath-laying services... First at the campsite itself where we'd come together last night to commemorate and then we went to the cemetery and held a beautiful service in both the Australian cemetery and uh, it was quite moving when the last post was played in that cemetery surrounded by the graves of the men that were killed at the breakout and also in accidents at the training camp. And then we moved to the Japanese section where the the 600 Japanese nationals are buried including the 234 men killed in the Kara breakout. And we held a wreath-laying service there and then a Buddhist service there to commemorate the lost Japanese souls in that garden. And that was really quite remarkable. The The service in the Australian cemetery was of a type that I'd been to before. It was similar to an Anzac service, still very moving in, in, every, in every way. It was very moving. Um, but it was a service that I understood well through having done it every Anzac day and through doing it regularly on battlefields all over the world. The Japanese service was something quite remarkable. It was something very interesting that I had not experienced before. It was very beautiful. It was quite different in the way that it was presented. It was quite humbling. And there was a real feeling that we were there to pay our respects to the ghosts of the dead who still lingered around. So just a really a really lovely a lovely way to commemorate the seventy fifth anniversary. And then following that I went with my family. I'm here with my family and we went and walked around the beautiful Japanese gardens that were built as a symbol of peace and reconciliation. And just a lovely way to end my time in Kara, just strolling through those gardens with my children and just it was a beautiful sunny day. It was cool but beautiful and sunny and just walking through those peaceful gardens. just a wonder, We spent a wonderful couple of hours just contemplating and reflecting. It was really a, a, a lovely way to end what had been a very special commemorative service. So that was my time in Cowra. I've been here for three or four days. It's been really wonderful. It's a great town, very friendly people, Nice food, I had the best Chinese meal I think I've had in, uh, definitely in uh, regional New South Wales that I've uh, ever had. It was uh, quite great and uh, good pubs, good friendly people and just really special to be here at this uh, at this key moment in history to commemorate the 75th anniversary. Obviously, uh, th- this was the last opportunity I would have to meet a veteran from the Cowra Breakout. Uh, the, the veterans will all soon be gone and I just feel very privileged that I was here uh, to commemorate this uh, this special anniversary and I hope you will enjoy my podcast when it comes out. Um, where I'll tell the full story of the Kara breakout, including interviews with all those key people that featured in the story. So it's one to look out for in the future. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining me on this special journey through Kara and keep tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe and review the podcast so you'll never miss out on uh, on the great content we've got coming up because we've got some really fantastic things coming up. Next month in September, I'm heading off to Europe uh, and to the USA and I've got some brilliant content lined up while I'm over there. I'm so excited to be able to bring you great content from the UK, from France, and then heading across to America to do some very special history podcasts and episodes of Living History TV. If you haven't seen Living History TV, head over to YouTube and check those out because we've got some great TV programs there. We've got a program I did on Walking the Battle of the Somme. I did one called World War One Behind the Lines, which features things like Betong, the chateau where General Monash uh, ran the war from, the Lost Diggers of Vineyard Corps, uh, the underground city at Noir. So great content in World War One Behind the Lines. I did a program on Ypres in 1917, the famous town of Ypres, which was destroyed during the war and completely rebuilt. Uh, What else have I done? I did one recently on Walking the London Blitz, which was really exciting. So I've got lots of new episodes of Living History TV coming up during my trip to the UK, France, and the USA. Lots of great stuff coming. Thank you so much for following me through all these channels. The reason I do this is I just love sharing these stories. I love hearing from you. I love getting your feedback. Thank you for tuning into all this stuff we've got coming up, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.